Whenever I personally have to think about using video in the sales process, I have to think of a particular person and that person is our guest today. Welcome, Rich Adams. We have become so reliant on technology to drive our actions in sales roles. Two strategies that are very opposite of what I, uh, of each other, but are very effective is if I really want to take video seriously, it's probably worth buying a nice mic. I definitely need good camera. I should pay attention to the lighting. I shouldn't be trying to record a video with the sun behind me in my window. While you set a device in your hand, or maybe you're watching this on YouTube, then please smash that subscribe button and leave me a like. It makes a big difference. If you're watching this on Apple Music or on Spotify or on YouTube, the more engagement we get, the better the show gets, and it makes me really happy. So thank you if you did that. Today, Rich is on the show. I love this conversation already because it's something which speaks to our hearts. And he's talking about being really good on video and why it matters to build human connection and why video is a really great source that we can leverage in the sales process for this. And he talks about using it in different stages, if it's prospecting or building a relationship. And at the end, we get a bit more why he believes the way he does believe about it. And it's a wonderful conversation. It's a great episode. And I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Enjoy. Rich, thank you for coming onto the show. It's a real pleasure for me. Um, we've known each other for over four years now. And the first time we met in person in Denver was a highlight for me, for sure, because you're very much a person who takes the room and everything. But what surprised me at the time, and it was like an eye-opener, to be honest, was uh, you were always talking about using video, not for synchronous communication, as we know it in our video meetings that we have all over the world, but for prospecting. And I'm curious to know, especially for the sales and the audience uh, who's listening to this, how do you think video prospecting or asynchronous video has changed over the last years? Yeah, Henry, it's a good question. So the way I looked at it, even four years ago was, you know, so much magic happens over a video call. I think that's why companies like Zoom took off because it was the only way to replicate face-to-face. -face. And like the human brain is meant to be face-to-face. -face. That's how we were engineered to communicate. Written language has only really been a, a fraction of that. And so when um, my perspective was, is well, why does the magic of a video call have to when we leave it? Why do I have to go to sending emails to a prospect? Why can't we just continue the fun over video? And that's where I, I, re I recognize that there's an, almost an infinite amount of use cases to incorporate video, obviously synchronously, but asynchronously, both for prospecting like top of funnel activity to gain the attention of a buyer, as well as maintain that attention of the buyer throughout the sales process. And I think that concept has started to resonate across sales teams who, let's face it, if you've been in sales in the last couple of years, it's becoming harder and harder and harder to gain attention of prospects, especially in today's market. It's very difficult to even um, penetrate and get a conversation with a decision maker. And I think it's partially because of how much digital noise and pollution there is. It's just email after email after email. So I think the most like progressive sales organizations are recognizing that and using video. And because of that, the ones that are, are seeing like enormous upticks in reply rates and just overall conversion because they're able to incorporate more human to human connection into what should be human to human anyways, right? Where people talking to other people, we just are now able to bring that magic from the video call uh, and read that throughout the whole engagement. And how do you think 
we as salespeople can adapt more to that. I'll give you one question, what I'm, what I'm thinking. I send videos with people. Uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a great fan of asynchronous video anyway, but I send video on my normal phone with messaging service, which we use to my friends uh, instead of audio messages, because I love video. I sometimes get video prospects into my inbox and I enjoy them. But what do you think, or is there any statistics that you know where video prospecting actually works really well because maybe it's raw, maybe it's real, or maybe it's too, like, if it's too polished, it'll look like an advert. Like, what's the magic about video prospecting and, and having those outreaches to people? Yeah. So... I'll answer this by describing what a misconception is on using video on let's call it for prospecting is I need to be this like professional video production expert in order to send a prospecting video to, a, to, or send video to a prospect. And the truth is, is what actually resonates like in what research that I've seen and in, in companies I've been a part of are seeing just in terms of uh, increases in reply rates, increases in general engagement. It's not the most perfect videos. It's the authentic, raw videos that it's people who are looking at the camera, talking to the person on the other side, articulating a value proposition, um, identifying maybe some personal connection or some relevance, just like you would over email, right? It's the same concept, but you're telling the story, you're conveying the message, you're kind of passing along that emotional aspect to it. And those are the types of videos that connect with the person. And so it's interesting when I send these videos out and I finally meet with that person, that one of the first things they say is like, hey, Rich, it's like, we already know each other. They've seen my face. They've heard my voice. We've already gone through that whole getting to know you human wall breakdown situation, which we all face, right? And so it actually accelerates the rapport building when you actually get on that live zoom or video call and it's because of the human connection it's not me being robotic and talking to them right or, or using an ai avatar to send the video it's me the person talking to you henry the person and then when we finally get on a conversation it's like we already know each other and as like um a tip for i think you said something really valuable which is being the authentic yourself as a tip for a sales professional you know is this a BDR um, uh, in outreach or from, from an SDR, or is this an AE communication point, or is this just something to maintain throughout your sales cycle? Do you think there's a level of seniority which comes with this? Because people have been educated to write and craft really good emails in the past. So you think that's like your skill set, and all of a sudden you've a sales professional for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Yeah. And then there's this. Guys, we're talking about TikTok and all that kind of stuff. You're like, well, yeah, that's right. going to sell a million dollar deal, but maybe, maybe it does, right? And and maybe that is that are maybe the decision makers are changing. Is there any like insights in, into where you think this is actually best applied? Yeah, there's um, one the one misconception too, and this is um, my company BombBomb talks this a lot is. Video is not necessarily a replacement for video. It's an enhancement for video. And so some of the ways that we educate clients on just best practices on how to start using video is how to combine it with email. 
and how to use written communication to inspire them to open up the video message, right? And, and then there are certain situations where, where email makes more sense. Now, as a practice, like if you look at across like the full sales funnel, I believe that video has a place in nearly every step of the sales process because in sales, we are there to communicate value. We are there to communicate empathy. We are there to tell stories and relate to our customer. That's really hard to do when we're not with them in person or over video. And so if we were resorting to having to send emails and try to send this long-winded message about how we're connecting the dots and helping them solve all their problems, wouldn't that be a lot easier if you could do that over video and explain it, even use a screen share, walk them through some visualization, use that same video so they can send it to other stakeholders in the business so they can understand it. So although we see a lot of companies use video at the top of the funnel for prospecting, whether you're an SDR, an AE, it really doesn't matter. We're seeing use cases throughout the funnel and ways to keep that magic going all the way down to the close, right? And providing a video summarizing why your company is the best fit. Because a lot of times there's decision makers that you're going to have to communicate asynchronously. You don't always get the meeting with the CFO or the CIO, but you know that they're involved in the sales. So how do you equip your champion to go sell to them? In the best case, the best way to do that is just to replicate yourself through video. And so if you're only looking at video through the lens of, can I just send a prospecting email? I think you're leaving out a huge opportunity to humanize your entire sales process. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't done so, then please smash that subscribe button and leave me a like. The more engagement we get on the show, the better the show is going to get. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the show. In my, in my head, because I've, last week I had somebody, and if that person's listening, they know who they are, because it was just one person who did it um was reaching out to me because they wanted to apply for the company which which i work and um they wanted to do it and they reached out saying are you the right person and they said uh, i said well i'm not actually not the right person so the first was just a normal but it was asking me for for support and then he asked who is the right person so i got him along and he started sending videos to me and to the other people trying to build that relationship on video. And I, what really sprung my head was like, all of a sudden I had a feeling I know who that person is. And he was actually owning the hiring process in that way. Um, and I hope he gets a fair shot <laughs> and gets heard out because I was really impressed the way he did it because it was unique. And I think that's one of the questions which comes up now. Do you think this is like a trend because it's unique or do you think it's going to become standard? And then if it is standard in the future, what is the quality and and persistence which you're going to have to have that it's not just noise? Yeah, so the same rules apply to email. There, there needs to be a quality discussion that has to happen, right? There's, it's not just about using video. The message still needs to be quality. We don't have to over-engineer. It doesn't have to be overly polished, but the message still needs to be on point. And what that means is you still need an overarching strategy of how you're, how you want your teams going to market and the stories that you want to tell. And so if your organization is investing in resources to build out email copy and, and general messaging strategy, part of that should be incorporating video. 
And if you're not incorporating video into that discussion, video will always be this um, siloed um, novelty thing that is really well adopted. And because of that, you don't have a ton of statistics and data to suggest whether it's actually moving the needle on it, which is one of the reasons why companies have kind of ran away from it at times because they haven't really fully adopted it. And they're, um, they, they don't have the same level of adoption that they should. They also don't have the, the enablement and reinforcement on the back end actually equip their people to be successful with video. Um, they're spending all their time telling them what cold emails to write, but not giving them any guidance on, on video. And so if you can bake it into your sales process and at these five steps to when we send video and you can prescribe what that video should be, those are the companies that are absolutely taking off and, and having incredible results with video right now is they're being more prescriptive. They're giving them suggested talk tracks. They're telling them when to send it. Um, there's situations in the sales process where you can recreate what's called an evergreen video. It's a one-to-many video. That could be a lead follow-up. That could be a, um, a, a reminder that we're meeting tomorrow. So, hey, Henry, looking, for, looking forward to our call tomorrow you know, and, and list out a couple of things. That could be something that you could create for one-to-many. So there's ways that you can incorporate video that doesn't require you to always have to record one every single time. Part of like the job of leadership is to prescribe where those videos, if you make that investment, you will see the results take off because video just works. It just needs to be operationalized in your sales process. One thing that I've learned um, in my life, I used to be a trained chef. I went into sales. I did consulting, did many, very different things. You, if you combine like the knowledge of these different I, I, like worlds, you get something very powerful. And when the pandemic hit, um, I looked into how do I have a really great setup? And I couldn't find it in the business world. Now there's lots of content on like, how do you have a good mic and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I look to uh, gamers and streamers and I have never played a computer game in my life. <laughs> I, it's not in my world, but I was fascinated by the amount of technology and the information they had. And I pulled out so much that people always came to me and go like, Henry, you are so decked out. I had like all the stream kits and, and everything. Yeah. I, I reduced it now to, to the, to the, to the trivial view, which I need, right? Um, but where do you think people should look at how to craft good videos? Because it, yeah, I think that they're not going to get it from the sales environment, probably. Yeah, that's my my my, there's, my um, there's a commitment, so there is a there is a production aspect to it, right? Like I, I probably don't want to be recording. If I really want to take video seriously, it's probably worth buying a nice mic. I definitely need good camera. I should pay attention to the lighting and right? I shouldn't be trying to record a video with the sun behind me in my window, right? There's, there's a checklist of things that you need to get right at a bare minimum. It's really the job of your company. If you're working for a company um, to say, Hey, we are, we want to be experts in all things video. We're going to be doing video calls, right? So the same reason you want good lighting and good set up for your, for synchronous videos, the same reason you want it for asynchronous video. And so there's, there's, there needs to be some commitment at the leadership and company level. Two, kind of going back to what we talked about before, there needs to be some guidance around how do I just get 
comfortable doing it. Some people aren't comfortable with it. It's still a generally a new thing. There's something to there's something that struck people struggle with of this concept of um, hearing themselves talk, hearing themselves present. We're at in a live conversation. It's like, well, it doesn't really matter. But when I have to record myself, this fear of like judgment pops in. And I think that's what slows people down and maybe prevents them from even doing it all together. If their company was there to enable them, right? Give them the right setup, giving them the right environment, giving them the right coaching and practice, just like everything else you do in a job, you will start to see this take off. Until that happens, it's going to be up to the individual and to the individual leaders to, to promote it. And it will, um, and I think until that point, like it's going to be difficult for it to be mainstream, but I think you're starting to see companies make that investment. They're sending good video cameras out. They're giving you a home office stipend so you can go purchase better cameras and lighting and, um, and set up. So I think there's, you're starting to see that trend. And that's, that's the stuff you got to get right to outside of being prescriptive to what people should be saying on the video also. Yeah. Well, you said one thing, which, um, which pops out, uh, which is your company should do it and they should provide the environment for you to be successful. And I've had people on the show and they said, uh, there's usually one person in a team that's a video person. It's just like, there's, there's always one guy, he's a video guy and he knows how to do it and, and gets it all to go but it's usually not the manager. Um, how do you think as managers, we should engage into this and actually make, because I would love my people to, I, I mean, I think we do it a little bit now with clips and, and I, uh, mm -hmm. I'm thinking now we sent out an offer yesterday and I'm just thinking we should have maybe just done that with a clip that would have been like more powerful. We did it with a great email. I think like we've done this in a million times. It's worked. But I think like that person, because it's going out to somebody we know, like we don't have that close relationship with. And now listening to you, I know that could have been different. How do you think we should like as managers should set up the first things also to reduce the fear that the individuals have? Like you just said, like people don't like this, this is themselves. Yeah. Us as leaders, like what we do or don't do is going to dictate the behaviors of our team. And so we can set the standard. We can normalize video. And so I, um, when I speak with leaders, um, you know, I do some consulting with leaders just around you know, how to be a better coach in like today's setting where I got teams remote and there's all this crazy stuff going on in the world. Like, how do I make sure that I am connecting with my people? And um, it's it's interesting two strategies that are very opposite of what i uh, of each other but are very effective is is one in in this um remote world we often rely very heavily on chat messaging whether that's slack or zoom chat or teams and so as a manager especially managing remote teams we have this fear that like if we're not involved in everything that are we doing our job so we're constantly chatting our people hey how can I help you or give me an update on this deal or whatever it might be? Um, and sometimes we lose the opportunity to build a connection with them. So I always advocate, hey, send, make sure every week you're sending every person on your team a personalized video. And, and, and it could be everything for, hey, hey, Henry, I was thinking about you. Um, something you did last week really stood out to me. I was really just impressed with how you handled 
Maybe they reviewed a gong call or something, or it might just be something personal or a follow-up to a one-on-one. And then on the second hand, it's like, sometimes it's good to get off a of video. So go for a walk, give them a phone call, right? Maybe go away from video. The whole point is trying to humanize the experience. If all we're doing is jumping on Zooms and sharing our screen and, you know, going through dashboards and then we go right back to chatting each other, just back and forth. Like, I think video has that ability to, to really humanize the connection between manager and employee in a world where we're not really seeing each other. Like, I haven't seen, I don't even know, you know, you have all these bosses that you've never seen in person before. The only way to create that connection is through, is through video. Even audio messages help us hearing the voice. So yeah. you got to be, you got to lead by example. That's, that's what it is. Lead by example, use it in areas. And once you start to normalize it, your team will get more comfortable with it because they're seeing it from you. Yeah. I think you said one thing which really sticks is uh, humanizing it and actually using it to become more of yourself. Well, like consciously uh, more of, of, of like how you do and, and how you operate. Um, Rich, do you think there's anything we're missing? Because we're, we're at, uh, we're coming to the, to the end of the. No, this has been good. There's, there's some big concepts that we're covering and then there's, you know, more of the specifics around video, right? There's like, how do we humanize our existence as a, as a society, right? How do we humanize our existence as a sales team? I think, um, the, the, the big, I'll just say this, like we have become so reliant on technology to drive our actions in sales roles, right? especially in high-tech SaaS sales. We are so reliant on technology because it can accomplish so much for us in theory, but it can allow us to do more with less, right? And um, whether that's using automation through tools like outreach and sales law for like you know, email automation or, um, you know, or in looking past calls, right? Looking at you know, history and, and trends that's happening in our conversation. There's so much technology out there. Um, to me, vi video is what keeps the human side there, right? If we're constantly um, resorting to not connecting with each other, like if we're just, everything's just going to be over text. Um, a lot of salespeople are struggling picking up the phone. And so if they don't want to pick up the phone, how do they still humanize the connection? Well, they better at least use video and even use the phone, hopefully use the phone more. But there's we have to be more intentional with how we humanize the sales process. Because if we don't, we're just going to kind of fall on the crutch of using a lot of these tools to kind of do a lot of our work for us. But we're losing an opportunity to connect with people. And I think if you look at the best sellers in the world historically, in, in every era, in every industry, they can connect with people. And if you can connect with people, you will be successful. In today's world, I think video can be a tool at your disposal that can help you do that. Amen. <laughs> I, I completely sing uh, your hymn, and I, and I think that's very true. Before I ask you the last question, Rich, I want to say thank you uh, yeah, for coming on here, first of all, of course. But uh, we've also worked together and, um, and we've seen each other in person uh, when I came to, to Denver. And I always found it very inspiring um, what you did. And I think what last few words that you said capture what actually is that I enjoyed about you is you're trying to humanize something by giving it a technology spin to actually take the work off, but be you as a seller and actually talk, like, 
tolerate you as a seller and 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 give you the, the comfort yeah it's it's not not self-explanatory but like to have that human element in that in the in the middle and uh, i hope you keep that up because that's amazing so thank you for for that yeah i appreciate that i um it's you know i think sales sales is a profession that people come into from all walks of life and, and there's tons of opportunity in it but it's constantly changing and i, I want to make sure that, like i look at myself as somebody who wants to continue to advance the profession forward and um and also maintain what makes the profession successful is people and the people have to constantly be a center as soon as we lose track of that i'm not sure what's going to happen very true now the last question um what do you think or what is it one thing you wish you would have known at the beginning of your career in the in the let's say bigger sales environment um that you wish you would have known earlier that you know now being a wise wise man <laughs> Well, thank you for saying that. Well, I think similar to what we've been talking about this last um, segment here, I think early on, I felt like everything I had, everything I was doing in sales needed to be perfect. It needed to be overly polished. And I think looking back, just being who you are is what makes you stand out. You are the biggest differentiator. It's not the perfect message that you're sending. It's not the perfect pitch that you're giving. It's you translating that message in your own words and connecting with the person on the other side in the same way that you described the connection that you had with me when we first met. Like that's the stuff I wish I would have known 15 years ago and I would have had a bigger impact on the people I was selling to or the teams that I was leading. Just be you. Love it. Thank you, Rich. Thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. It was great. You staying until the end of the show makes me really, really happy. So thank you. And if you want to make me even more happy, then please smash that subscribe button and leave me a like, because the more engagement we get, the show is going to get better. And uh, I do it for the sales community out of love for you and for me. And I hope you guys enjoy the last weeks of this year so we can really crush our targets and go for it. And if you want to reach out to Rich or on me, drop us a link in LinkedIn or on Instagram. I'll leave the links down below and I'm looking forward to seeing you and enjoying the next episode together with you guys. So until then, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.